0: It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yo, what's up? It's Adam Hunter. I hope you're doing well. Thank you for listening to MMA Realistic Podcast. We got a great show coming out. We have Lauren Murphy coming off a huge knockout last week on ESPN. We're going to talk to her right now. Uh, the reason you're getting these all these podcasts is because of Rockfin, R-O-K-F-I-N. Endorse me at rockfin.com forward slash Adam Hunter. Tell everyone how great it is. You're going to get tons of content, tons of stand-up. I put up kamikaze comedy there. I put up shows, comedy footage from shows, put up everything. And plus you get my stuff. You get Ben Askren stuff. You get Jordan Burroughs stuff. Chael Sonnen has a page. It's a great, uh, you get Aaron Weinbaum, you get comics, you get fighting, you get jujitsu, you get politics, all on Rockfin. It's awesome. They found a new way to pay, um, People, content creators through cryptocurrency, and it's been great. So go to rockfin.com forward slash Adam Hunter and let's talk to Lauren Murphy. Okay, Lauren. But, uh i to you, beautiful, funny,
1: talented, strong Lauren Murphy. How are you, dude? I'm so good, so good. How are you? Good. I was so proud of you. Uh, you rocked it so hard on Saturday <laughs> Thanks night.
2: Thanks,
1: man. I was like, and then you scream like like a maniac. You just kept screaming. Uh, you might have been the loudest. the loudest. Was that just years of frustration and heroin and just drugs and sex, just all coming out of you? You know, sex, drugs, rock and roll. I love it. Thanks. I mean, it was, awesome. me? it was awesome. It was awesome. It was awesome. But I did check because she's probably very loud in bed. Based on yeah, yeah,
2: I I try. My husband likes it, so I got lots of practice in. You know what I mean?
1: Of course, of course. Yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah. Tra- training is important.
1: <laughs> 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 you feel know, like, you're finally, because the you other know, people were talking about, and you know, people were like, by the way, did you, did you get the bonus, the 50 grand?
2: I did not get the 50 grand, no, but that's all right. There was a lot of finishes that night. It was a tough night for
1: uh, bonuses. That is bullshit, because you had the best finish, and I don't think anyone could argue with it. I mean, who's finish is better than yours?
2: Uh, I don't know. A, co- a couple people went to sleep. Uh, there, I think there were three people that got put to sleep, and then one really clean KO from punches, and then uh, Lucy Putalova and Antonina Shevchenko got fight of the night, so... It was, it was pretty tough night for bonuses, but, yeah, but that's okay. I'm super, like, honestly, the whole scream and everything was just because I was so fucking pumped to have such a good performance. And, like, for me, that's just been kind of my biggest obstacle is, like, getting in there and just and fucking doing what I know how to do and not letting the pressure get to me, not letting the, you know, the eyes on me and the bright lights and everything else make me crumble, and it has a couple times, so, like, to come back and kind of overcome that one more time is just a big deal for me. That's why I was, like, screaming so loud, you know?
1: Did you feel like you were disrespected at all by being the underdog? Uh,
2: No, I was surprised, though. Uh, Like, when I was walking out, um, I heard, like, on the broadcast that they said that, that she was, like, the favorite to win. I was like, oh, really? That's kind of weird, but whatever. Like, I don't know. It kind of surprised me.
1: I thought it was nonsense. I mean, look at the, who you fought. You fought the best girls in the division at a weight class above. I do got to say, your face was looking very ripped. Could you, uh, <laughs> you a very chiseled face. Uh, can you tell, like, when you're at weight that your face is getting more chiseled? Yeah,
2: like, I, I, when I'm, like, at, at 125 and I get on the scale, usually I do look kind of sucked up. I don't really like it that much. And then, like, I, I have a new nutritionist who um, helps me rehydrate this time, and just the rehydration protocol he has is so on point. So uh, I put a bunch of weight back on, but, like, I look a, I look a lot better today, I think, after eating a shitload of food and, like, getting some good rest and stuff. I don't know. It's hard to look sexy when you're about to get into a fist fight, you know? I don't know no, how, you like...
1: Look good. You look like the girl from Terminator.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, oh, yeah, okay, I'll take it, I'll take it. <laughs> What's her
1: name? Linda, I forgot her name, but she. You yeah, you look like Jack, oh, Yeah, uh, I can't
2: remember her name right now either. But hell yeah, I'll take it. She had like the nicest arms of the 1990s.
1: Right, because so. your arms look jacked. And I, I, I remember one time I hooked up with a spider, and a couple times actually. But she gave me like a, a blow job, and all I kept looking at was how jacked her arms were. And I was like <laughs> getting jealous while she was down there, so, like my arms weren't even close. Yeah, like, <laughs> Shit. <laughs> But I was, I was, Now, what happened to your foot?
2: So, um, uh, the cartilage in one of the joints, the joint, that's like right where your big toe meets the rest of your foot, that big ball joint. Um, the cartilage in there was really bad. It was all torn and, and uh, rubbed bare. Like, it was just, it was torn and kind of flapping around in that joint. And it was super painful, and I didn't have very much mobility on my foot. So they had to go in, and they just took all the cartilage out completely, and then we had to let it grow back. So it takes a long time for it to grow back, and so that's why I was out for so long.
1: Did they tell you possibly this is a, a career ender, or you might not be able to fight again? or?
2: Uh, Nobody said that, but like it is the same injury that ended Deion Sanders' career.
1: Oh, my gosh.
2: Yeah, so it was it was a little scary, and then to, I got a fight, and then I had to pull out of the fight. I wasn't cleared yet, and so there was some hard days, like rehabbing and stuff, where I was worried. But that, you know, to come back and just have such a good fucking performance, like my foot never even crossed my mind, and uh, I, I don't think it held anything back. I was kicking with it, everything. So uh, I think
1: I'm going to be good to go. Now, I remember, I was watching your your post-fight interview. You said that you're learning how to throw your hands, and you have more power in your hands, and now eventually you're going to learn how to throw your feet to have more power. How do you do that?
2: Uh, you get a good coach that will work with you and rep with you and work with you and rep with you. And, and uh, yeah, it, I don't think it's going to take very much strength training. I've always had a lot of power. I just, like, for a long time I didn't extend my punches properly, and now I, now I feel like I'm doing that. Like, for me to rock that girl with an uppercut, really, it really meant a lot to me because girls hardly ever, like, hit each other that hard, you know. It's very rare for one girl – to rock another with a punch. And so to know that I have that kind of power in my hands is, is uh, it just pumps me up, man. I love it.
1: You know what's crazy is like you were throwing that uppercut and I'm like, oh, I hope she doesn't get called left hook. Because people that I talk to, they're like, when you throw that uppercut and like don't open it with a jab or, or a cross and, and then throw the uppercut, that you're leave, leaving yourself open. But it didn't seem to affect you uh, at all.
2: Uh, no, I got a hard head, so it's <laughs> fine if she wants to. I kind of like getting hit in the face when I fight. Like, it, it lets me know that I'm in a fight, you know, and, like, I know the crowd likes it, and it just, I can't imagine getting into a fight anymore and, like, having it being super one-sided. I really like, uh, I like getting into, like, a war. Like, I really like that, and I, I the whole reason I fight is to do that, you know? So, uh, I don't give a shit if it leaves me open. If she hits me, I'm fine with it.
1: You're, you're amazing. I mean, the fact that, like, I, and people who have heard this podcast before know where you've come from and how you, you, you were, you know, a drug addict, almost overdosed, almost died a couple times to go to rehab. Made Your 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 parent died, left you 50 grand. You blew it in a month. You partied and partied and partied. You're living in your car. And now here you are, ranked, like, number seven in the world. And, and yeah. you pick up the sport of 27. I mean, that's amazing.
2: It's wild, it's wild. That's why my nickname is Lucky. People don't believe me, but I am truly the luckiest girl in the world. I really am.
1: You're like eight lifetime movies in one person. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'll take that. Yeah.
1: This should be Lauren, Lauren Lifetime. Uh, so
2: <laughs> the Lauren uh, Lifetime channel. More to come. <laughs> now I
1: noticed that you uh, you left the lab. I know the lab was like your home. Was there bad feelings or any kind of bad blood? What What happened there?
2: Not with me. Uh, you know, just fighters do need change. We definitely need, like, everybody needs change in order to evolve and to grow, right? Growth is change, literally. You can't grow without changing. So uh, I think change is a good thing. And, um, you know, I've been at the lab a really long time. Uh, I did the lab program 110%, fully immersed for five years there. And I really grew a lot from it. I'm definitely a better fighter. The, that fight ending sequence, um, Stopping the shot, getting my hips in, pulling her up into that clinch, and then ending with the knee—those are all things that I drilled at the lab. So it's not like it's not like uh, it was a bad thing for me to be at the lab. But I just think that change is really necessary for us. And so I went back to my old coaches that took me through Invicta, and they got me to the UFC. And I'm five and zero with those guys right now, and uh, I went two and four with the lab. So something obviously is not right for me. Doing that, I mean, the proof is kind of in the pudding. That was the best performance I've ever had in my life.
1: Um, yeah, I, a lot of those fights could have went their, their, uh, your way. The Sarah McMahon fight was very close. The um, the Karmuch fight was was close. The the the, the Caitlin Sukagan fight was very close. Those were very close fights that could have went your way.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I, I think they've all been close. I don't, you know, the the, Sajara, the fight with Sajara was probably the most lopsided, and even that is like she never really hurt me or anything. So. Uh, it's fine. Fuck it. Like it's over. Nothing I could do about it. But still, I, I think that, um, you know, growth is good. Change is good. So I went back, not really to a new camp. I went back to my old camp and kind of got back to some of my old ways that got me to the UFC. And I, I just, I really enjoy it. I enjoyed the process. Uh, this camp, probably the most I ever have. So yeah, it's just a good all around thing, man.
1: Now is it all of a sudden hard moving to Houston because Arizona is fun and it's, it's cool and it's it's, it's kind of hot and he, like are you wearing like cowboy hats in Houston? Have you guys adapted there?
2: <laughs> yeah, I've adapted with my cowboy boots and some cutoff jeans. No, <laughs> I uh, I love Houston. I really love Houston and I like Phoenix too. I, you know what? Honestly, to be honest with you, Adam, I lived in Alaska, dude. I can I could live anywhere. Yeah. Uh, and be, you know, and be happy. I'm, I'm super jacked up, but I do love Houston a lot and I like the people out here and and I have a team out here that I really trust and, and they care about me. And so, uh, yeah, I'll be spending a lot of time out in Houston for sure.
1: Now, what was it like now you're in training training with Derek Lewis? What's that guy like in training?
2: Fuck, he's awesome. He's just hysterical. Uh, he's really fucking funny. He's got a huge heart. Um, Yeah, he's cool, man. He's a cool dude, he's rehabbing his knee right now, but I'm excited for him to get back in there, too.
1: I mean, and you have a very nice butt. Did he he, he comment, like, ooh, who's this booty when you you walked in?
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, he knows who I am. We actually fought on the same card in Legacy, like, so long ago, you know? And so I asked him, I said, do you remember me? He said, of course I remember you. I was like, oh, right on. And then we would just bullshit about the fights or, like, sparring or whatever, but he's a cool dude, and, uh... Yeah, he's not he's not trying to talk too much shit. So <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, what I would happened
1: I'm, with Sean O'Malley? How does that guy keep getting pop for stuff? He he looks like Screech McGregor. Like, how does that guy? <laughs> I mean, what's going on with that guy? I love that guy. I do.
2: I don't know what like. Honestly, he was cleared to fight, and then I think it was not USADA. It was the Nevada Commission that fucked him up, right? It was the Nevada Commission that didn't want him to fight, not USADA. I'm pretty sure he was cleared by USADA. And the NAC was like, fuck you, Sean. I don't know why they did that, because they make money off of Sean. You know what I mean? They kind of cut off their nose to fight their face by not letting him fight. But hopefully the UFC will hook him up and just put him in a different state, you know?
1: All right. Now, what happens when a guy like that walks into practice just became notice. Where does John does John Crouch give a speech to the whole team? Like, guys, we gotta be <laughs> careful we put in our body. Like, is it kinda like does everyone kinda not train with them and like there's like an out like what happens when that happens?
2: No. No. Uh I think Crouch did give us a talk about how we have to be careful. But that substance, Osterine, it's been found like in women's vitamins, fuck it like in melatonin. You know what I mean? Like that shit is everywhere. And so he just kind of gave us a talk about how important it is to take, you know, uh, substances that have been third-party tested, right? So stuff that's been tested by an outside independent third party that will put a stamp on it and say, yes, this is clean of any banned substances. It's super important for us. And Sean's a young kid, and and, uh, I think he took, like, a caffeine pill or something like that. Oh,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. And, like, it had some fucking Osterine in it or whatever. But, like, there's a a ton of fighters that have been popped wrongfully for that exact substance. So Crouch gave us a little bit of a speech, and then we all just went to practice, and fucking Sean walked in, and we all said, hey, what's up, man? That sucks. Good to see you. And everybody just went on with their lives, you know? What else can you t- do? That team
1: that, that was so funny. I mean, the fact that yeah, – I, I went and watched you practice that day. It was so much fun. But when I watched you – first of all, you don't pull back. Like, you you practice hard. Like, you go for, like, knockouts and shit in practice. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, and then you have O'Malley doing like weird spinning kicks to the corner. Then you had Ben Henderson who's like talking to his wife while sparring. Uh, yeah, and, like, were you
2: there that day? Yeah, that happens sometimes. <laughs> he's like
1: telling, he's, he's, he's like beating up like a top three guy in Bellator or something, and telling his wife to like take the kids out. And do, I'm like, what? the
2: hell? <laughs> yeah, that sounds like Benson. Yeah, it's a, it's a uh, you will not find one pussy at the lab, not one. There isn't no. one there. You do you know what I mean? Everybody there is fucking tough as fuck. And it's a great team and a bunch of hard workers. And, like, actually, before we even moved to the lab, we heard about sparring at the lab. We knew, like, we know it's like a rough room in there on a sparring day, and it truly is, you know? They have like, a ha- cross
1: person who like, an ankle bracelet on him while sparring. The whole thing was Dude. like. A-
2: <laughs> He's a savage. What can I say? Yeah, it's it's crazy. David Michaud's in there, just fucking tossing dudes around. Yeah. Uh, we got I don't know, you know, Johnny eleven. There. Yeah, uh, there's just a ton of good fighters in there, day in and day out, beating the hell out of each other, loving every second of it. But it's a it is it's a rough room, and it's a tough room. And if you can hang at the lab, you're gonna be fine anywhere. And when I went into this fight, I. Re- one of the ways is that I calm the nerves is that I know that no fight is going to be tougher than the rounds that I've had there, you know, on small glove Saturday. There's just no way that the fight is going to be any harder than facing fresh people round after round with okay. their tiny-ass gloves on, yeah.
1: So, no problem. And it was, it was like, and it was like 50 people in a room that should have held, like, 20. So it was like <laughs> yeah. a, like a mosque pit of far hey.
2: And then those motherfuckers turn the air conditioning off sometimes. Yeah.
1: that was, Yeah. yeah. Who, are, who are your new training partners? And
2: I have a bunch because I have two or three different places that I go to in in Houston. So there's a kid named Paris Moran. He's a kickboxing world champion. Uh, he's a 145-er. But I train with him. Uh, there's another guy, Gabby uh, Echevari. He's also a kickboxing world champion. And then um, Tony Martinez is another guy that I train with down here. So it's a much smaller team, um, and it's a lot more centered on me. And then there's a – this is like my first camp out here, so I don't quite know everybody's name, but Bob Perez is my coach. And uh, or he's one of my coaches and he'll bring in sparring partners for me. So he has a bunch of female fighters and some smaller male fighters and he'll just bring them in for me uh, to my workouts and we'll, I'll we'll spar with them or drill with them or we'll work on whatever I need to work on. So that's one of the benefits I think of being at a smaller camp is that you kind of have the freedom to work on the stuff that you want to work on at the times you want to or need to work on it. Whereas at a big camp you have a million bodies to work with, but you know, you don't necessarily get like that personalized attention all the time.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I get that. I that's like, yeah, a lot of people they go to these big camps. It's it's like a factory, and they kind of get lost in the shuffle. Whereas other people they kind of make it about them, and it it really is about what works for you. And, you know, I honestly think that it's all been working for you. You've never been dominated. Um, yeah, like the Sajaro was probably the most, and that, and that wasn't a domination you know, you're always right there in the fight, and I think if you fought any of the girls at DQ, you'd actually win, or you would win.
2: Yeah, well, hopefully I will get a rematch, I'd like a rematch with Chukage in one of these days, Um, just that fight was so close, and there was a lot of, like, external factors that I think uh, really prevented me, like, from being the best I could be, it was still a really good performance, but, like, like uh, I just had a super shitty weight cut, it was on short notice, like, that's all the c- weird little bullshit, you know, and... Um, maybe mentally I wasn't in the best spot. So I hope to get that chance again sometime and try to do a little bit better.
1: And, uh... Oh, that's time you grunt real loud. Because I think her grunts, like... Oh,
2: my her. God. Try fighting her. Shit. That... It's just... <laughs> <laughs> all the fucking time. Uh, God damn.
1: I know. I, I've had that in bed before. And I'm like, after the lesson <laughs> come, and they're like, no. I'm like, what the fuck was that? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, all right.
2: Well, it's awkward what? now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: One, one thousand percent. Um, and you know what else was really nice? Uh, afterwards, you're like, yeah, this is a lot better than crying in the locker room. And I just was like, man, you know, you never get to see the fighters crying in the locker room. Like, thank God. I, I know as a wrestler, <laughs> I cried before, but I just picture you after a fight crying in the locker room, and that makes me really upset.
2: Yeah, well, everybody I think does it. Uh, I've had meltdowns after fights that I've lost before. Like when I lost to lose Carmouche, I really freaked out in the back. I wanted to like trash the place. I was pissed. But, you know, I think I've just grown as an athlete quite a bit. And uh, when I first started fighting, like I'd never really played a sport, you know, and so I just didn't know how to lose. Like I didn't, like to me, it meant like that I was a big piece of shit and just. Uh, that may or may not be true, but losing a fight doesn't necessarily mean that. You know what I mean? So, like, I I, I don't – now I see it differently. I've just really matured as an athlete and as a person, and now if I were to lose, I would still probably go have a good little cry in the locker room and be a little depressed for a while. But I also know that, like, losing a fight isn't the end of the world and that, you know, being on the biggest stage in the UFC, fighting in the top ten, fighting the best women in the world – that It means there's going to be ups and downs. Like, every world champion, the best fighters in the world all have peaks and valleys,
1: you know, so. Well, I know as a coach, I'd rather have a kid cry when he loses than not care. The worst when they don't care. Cause that, sure. Because I'd much rather have a kid get upset. In fact, I almost welcome it than a kid that's like, oh, whatever. You know, it happens. And I'm just like, oh, okay. This is yeah. you your problem here.
2: Hey, I've even, like, I used to cry after wins sometimes, like, if I didn't think the fight was good enough or if I didn't get a finish or something like that, I would go in the back and cry because the fight wasn't good enough, and my coaches would all be like, God damn, dude, just celebrate your fucking victory, like, quit being, quit being like this, you know, like, cheer up, you just won a fight, and, uh, I remember, like, after I fought Sarah D'Alelio, I went in the back and cried a little bit because the fight was so close, and I was just pissed, and, and, uh. I couldn't even be happy that i won and so again like it's just a matter of kind of growing through through athletics like it's just taught me so much about the big picture and winning and losing and how to do both with a little bit of grace and dignity you know but it, it took a while for me to get there
1: that's all right hey you know you listen you've come a long way plus you know based on your life there's nothing that you do that you don't give it a hundred percent so yeah i don't know if you could do anything without really like is there anything that you do where you just like have fun or if you like maybe bowling or something or if you don't <laughs> you win, I, like whatever.
2: Uh, I was going to say eating I like to eat a lot <laughs> so like but I guess that means I kind of go all out when I eat too I like to cook Is there anything,
1: I like is you, is there anything that you could lose where you w- you wouldn't get upset about
2: Um a couple pounds probably I wouldn't get upset about
1: <laughs> <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Got it. Got it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> now, Dominic, during the fight, said that you were heavy on your feet. Uh, yeah. And that you were eating a lot of leg ch- leg kicks. Uh, did that? Were you limping the next day?
2: No, I don't even have a bruise on my leg. The reason I was lifting my leg was because I was trying to check before she even kicked. So, like, just by kind of preemptively checking it, it'll keep them from kicking. And uh, we knew going in that she was going to throw a lot of leg kicks, and we also knew she was going to be looking for the takedown Like um that's just kind of like my head movement is pretty good most of the time i like i can get into a pretty good rhythm with my head movement but the price of that is that i get a little heavy on my feet you know what i mean so um that's just one more thing we're going to work on for the next fight but no my legs weren't fucked up at all i don't even know why dominic said that she landed like one leg kick and he was like oh look she's hurting i was like no i'm not
1: yeah <laughs> did you hear him say that while you were fighting
2: No, I just watched, uh, I watched the fight the next day and I was kind of surprised actually that he had even said that, but she did land a good, she did land one good one, but yeah, I just started raising my leg and I usually, that'll keep people from kicking because, you know, you'll, you're more likely to check.
1: Right. And then then afterwards you said Mick Maynard throw a a paycheck on the Barbie. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) was, Was that planned? I mean, was that something you had like planned to say?
2: We just, like, we were just talking in the locker room right before the fight, and I was like, oh, shit, what if I get a sick finish, you know, and then uh, we were just, I don't know, it just kind of came out, like, McMaine has thrown another paycheck on the barbie, you know, and, like, we all started laughing. Like, at the time, we thought it was hilarious, and so after the fight, like, I did get a finish, and Joe was like, say it, say it, say it, so, yeah.
1: That's I, I yeah, can tell. I don't know. You, you had, like, a smirk before you said it, I was like, oh, God.
2: Yeah, whenever... I would rather plan what I'm gonna say post fight because otherwise I just sound like a fucking idiot, you know what I mean? So <laughs> I don't know. I get so jacked up and then uh yeah. Anyway, I was really just happy to get the win, man. Super happy to get a finish and especially like it being over a ranked opponent is a big deal. Like like that's a that's a memory I'm gonna hold on to forever, getting a knockout finish over somebody ranked in the UFC.
1: He landed those extra extra hammer fists down. Did you know she was out, or do you think that was that like just go till the ref stops you, or was there a point where you were like hey, I should stop hitting her?
2: No, you just go till the ref stops you. I knew she wasn't defending herself, and I could see the ref out of the corner of my eye. Like, uh, I I just saw that she like wasn't defending herself, you know. And the ref was right there, so I knew it was gonna get stopped. But yeah, I'm not gonna stop fighting until they until they tell me to.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't I don't I don't blame you. I mean it and now, kinda
2: sucks because whole... maybe if, like maybe if I had just walked off, like maybe if I just walked off from the knee, maybe it would have been like a walk off KO, you know, I don't know.
1: Yeah, but I don't know. You're not Mark Hunt, no disrespect. Uh so you might want to <laughs> <laughs> let's just let's just make sure they're out. Yeah, yeah, maybe I would have got the bonus. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I've seen so many people, they knock the person down and then they put their hands up or something. I'm like, no, just Dude, yeah, you to
2: put him down right away. They're like,
1: oh, shit, never mind. <laughs> yeah, don't do that, please. Um, now, Colby Covington was like the big talk of the fight. Uh, you know, afterwards, he made that, that Matt Hughes uh, train joke. Uh, how was your experience with Colby? Did you interact with him or what was, what was your thoughts on the whole thing?
2: I didn't even interact with him not even a little bit. Uh, yeah, I just saw him walk by one time. I didn't really say a word to him. Yeah, I don't I don't really know anything about the guy to be honest with you. I didn't we didn't even stick around for the end of his fight. We just walked back to the hotel.
1: Got it. Got yeah. it. Got it. But the secret
2: service was there like that was kind of different. So, usually it's just the UFC staff and the arena staff and the commission kind of making sure everything's in order, people are going where they need to go. And this time, the Secret Service was everywhere because the first family was there. So that was a little different, kind of crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that must have been wild.
2: Yeah, it was wild. And, like, you could, I mean, you could kind of tell, I'm sure a lot of them were plain clothes, but you could kind of tell that some of them were. They had, like, little pins on and different, like, blue suits that they were wearing. So,
1: Did you think yeah, like was
2: probably I could different
1: for them. Huh? Did you ever think, like, I could take this guy?
2: <laughs> I I didn't think that, but I always wonder like, are you like Jason Bourne? Like, like what do you know? Could you, like, do you know a bunch of fucking ninja shit? You know, and I always like try to see if I can see where their weapons are. Like,
1: <laughs> now how's how's Joe doing? Your your husband?
2: He's good, man. It was his birthday on Thursday, so. Uh, it was pretty fucking sweet to like, like when I ran over to the cage and saw him. The first thing I told him was like, "Happy birthday, baby!" I like, was kind of the coolest thing I could think of to give him, you know. But oh, yeah. uh
1: I Other things too, but yeah. Go on.
2: But okay, but we took care of those. You know what I mean? Some of those things are in my control, and some of them aren't. So like, right, right, <laughs> so. on his birthday, he definitely got some gifts. So don't you worry for Joe.
1: Good, nice. He's, he's
2: a well taken care of man. <laughs> what I like
1: about you, you're just like you're you're you're. you're... Funny, you're hot, and you're horny. All, all good.
2: <laughs> well, you know what, Adam? You got to treat, like, if you got a dude like that, you got to treat him right. Because if you don't, somebody else might. And that, like, I couldn't have that.
1: So, and Joe's he's a tall like, guy. You probably <laughs> to take care of him standing up, too. He's a very tall. <laughs> I sure, yeah.
2: Well, yeah, we fit together perfectly height wise. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, isn't it great, though, when you think about, like, the fact that at one point you lost custody of your kid, you're all a mess. And now here you are in the octagon saying, give me that money. I, I want to pay my kids through college. Like, isn't that awesome?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Max is, like, his college fund is taken care of, thank God. And he's, he's going to go to college. So, like, we just have so much freedom, and he and I are pretty close. He was the first person I called after the fight, and uh, I was crying, and he was crying, and, like, It is cool to have a good relationship with him, and he and Joe have a really great relationship, too, and, like, it is pretty unbelievable, you know? Uh, He's just, he's turned into such a good kid. He has a job. He has a license. He's clean and so, like, he doesn't do drugs at all. Like, he's just, he's, I don't know how I got so lucky, I'm telling you, but he's a great kid.
1: Well, because you you work work? hard, you're a nice person. (laughs) You, you train hard, you give back, you put good energy out, and good energy comes back to you. That, that's why. I, I can tell you Thanks, exactly man. Why. I mean, you, you, you <laughs> go around sticking everyone over, being an asshole, and good things are bad. Bad things uh, attract you. You're, it's like you know, you're attracting good things. You know.
2: I do try, yeah, I try, man. I like I've, i I uh, all week, you know, just kept like a really good attitude as much as I could, like through the weight cut and and just all like just really practicing. If I can if I cannot control it, I don't fucking worry about it. You
1: know is uh is Joe Fighting Still or no? Is he done?
2: Yeah, actually Joe has a fight coming up uh September 28th. So, yeah, he'll be stepping back into the cage himself in Phoenix. So, we're going to get back to Phoenix and get his camp going, get his camp underway. Uh yeah.
1: What's so, the organization? Uh
2: I believe it's for the WFF, the World Fighting Federation. I'm pretty sure.
1: Well, that's great. I love it. I love it. Now, you're going to be in Joe's corner.
2: Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. I don't know because I, I'm i not as good of a corner man as he is. Joe's an outstanding coach and corner man. He's a really good corner man. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if I could do the same for him because I get so jacked up. Like, I'm a pretty emotional person, you know, and I don't know if I could watch – Joe fight the way that he can watch me fight. You know, like, he can stay really calm. He stays very analytical. He doesn't get really, like, emotional when he's in my corner, and I just can't quite promise that I could do that for him.
1: <laughs> like... you yep, of saying things like, win this round, I'll give you a blowy or something. <laughs>
2: And <laughs> no blow job unless you win. <laughs> yeah, seriously, that would motivate me. You know, yeah. or,
1: or you could be like, you could be like, listen, threesome if you get a knockout, and then at the end, like, uh, I was kidding. <laughs>
2: but not with your opponent. Not with your opponent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, not with. You, not with, not with Maybe one of the ring girls.
1: Oh, there you go. Oh, boom. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but then all of a sudden he throws like a flying triangle. You're like, what the fuck? not
2: Yeah, dude, I'm jacked up for him to fight. I don't know if I'll be in his corner, but I'm definitely like, I will be there. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm jacked up for him to fight. And he's uh, doing Fight to Win here in like two weeks Fight to Win Scottsdale.
1: Oh, wow. So he, he's got two fights in like two months.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, he's still very, like, very much a competitor himself.
1: what What's his record?
2: He was four and one, I think, or three and one.
1: Three and one. I think Got he's it.
2: three and one, and, and all three of his uh, victories are first-round submissions.
1: Damn. Well, he's a tall guy. Was he like six three or something? Six two?
2: Yeah, he's, he's six two. Yeah.
1: Wow. Damn. Well, listen, Laura Murphy, be happy. Okay. I uh, can't wait to see you do it again. I'm going to be in Arizona in September. Also, I'll be at uh, oh, the uh, uh, are you Comedy. Are do you still live in Arizona, or you live in Houston now?
2: Yeah, I'll be in Arizona in September. Yeah, I'll come see you for sure. Let's go. We'll go out and get. get so I'm not going to drink, but I'll buy you a drink, and okay. uh, we'll grab dinner and stuff. I,
1: I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, and i care,
2: Hey, thanks for having me on, man.
1: Anytime. Take care.
0: Bye. All right. Thank you for listening. Now make sure if you want to see me live, go to adamhunter.com. I got dates coming up. I'm with uh, Russell Peters in Mississippi, in Biloxi, Mississippi in uh, August, I think August 15th. Then I'm in Maryland, August 16th at the MGM uh, Grand Arena in Maryland. Also, I'm at the Looney Bin in Little Rock late August. Also in Sacramento at Tommy T's the last week of August, and then in September, I'm where am I I'm in uh, Arizona at the House of Comedy, as well as Edmonton, the comic strip. So check me out live. Go to adamhunter.com. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Rockfin. Thank you, Lauren Murphy. Take care. traps. Trap traps. Trap traps. Trap